0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I talk to Shauna Newman of skipblast.com. And we're going to talk about a case study that she's been working on for a little while. And this will be a kind of a great contrast compared to our normal affiliate site model. And recently, I talked to Alex Cooper at WP Eagle, and he sold his site for $70,000, mostly focused on affiliate marketing. Now, I'll let Shauna tell you a little bit about the site, but like I said, it's going to be quite a contrast, and we're going to hear some of the details here. So, Shauna, how are you today?
1: I'm good. I'm happy to be back.
0: For the people that don't know you, can you give us a little bit of an intro of who you are and what you do?
1: Uh, Sure. I blog at skipblast.com, and I've been building niche sites and content sites for more than a decade. Uh, I do primarily affiliate-based sites. Uh, And that's basically my full-time job.
0: And I've interviewed you before, so Mm -hmm. people can rewind and and listen to some other episodes Mm -hmm. if they want to check out some of your other uh, accomplishments and that sort of thing. So for this particular case study, you've been working on it for a little while, I think eight months. So I'm going to sort of skip ahead. And where are we at as far as earnings and traffic at this point in time?
1: Uh, so right now I'm on track for $400 just from Ezoic this month. Um, I haven't checked any of the affiliate earnings yet, um, but I don't expect there to be much. There was only $12.50 last month. So that's where we're at for income, and traffic is just right around $30,000, 32000 uh, a month. So the traffic is going well, but the income is a little slow.
0: And for... I guess, like a a normal affiliate site where you have a lot more experience. Would you expect the traffic to be higher or lower than that, you know, 30K mark at this point?
1: I think the traffic is actually doing pretty well for the amount of work that I've put in. But in terms of revenue, I, with my affiliate sites, I should be at like two to 3,000 a month on average for me. So it's quite, quite the drastic difference for me.
0: Okay. And I, you know, I think... That's something, something to highlight. So what's the big difference? You're getting quite a bit of traffic. You you know, you're happy with the amount of traffic. Why is the revenue so much lower?
1: Uh, well I'm making right now every, every single post is informational. So like how to's, how do I, can I, you know, just things like that. So I think I have a total of three affiliate links on the entire site so far. Um, there's 250 posts on the site Um, I did add like 70 of those last month. So they're not all aged uh, right now. But I'm getting, I think, around $10 uh, RPM for every 1,000 views. Whereas with an affiliate site, you'd be getting like $70 for your RPM. So that's really the big difference is that payout that you get.
0: Okay. And, you know, I'll I'll speculate. So with the... Keywords where someone is actually looking to buy a product is a lot more valuable. Just in general, yes. they have some kind of there's mm-hmm. money behind it. Like when you when right. you break it down versus the how to someone is just asking mm-hmm. you know how, how do I uh, wire a light bulb or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's
1: then, quite the difference.
0: <laughs> interesting. So let, let's rewind then and talk mm-hmm. about the beginning of this case study because there's something a little different about this one, right?
1: Uh, Yes, it's on an age domain that I got from ODYS. Um, It cost me just over $2,000 to get the domain. Um, When I bought it, it had um, like 150, 160 niche relevant links. Um, And the DR was 40 something, was low 40s, I believe. So I knew as soon as I started posting content that the things would start ranking well, and they did. So it's not surprising that my traffic is doing as well as I expected, Um, but I've never done a purely informational content type of site before focused just on display ads. So it's quite the shock for me.
0: All right. Now, does this niche and maybe domain, does it have the flexibility to add those product reviews to maybe earn more money now that you have a lot of traffic and Google likes you and everything?
1: Yes, it definitely does. Um, It's, it's, not a super broad niche, but broad enough that I can go for Amazon, I can go for private affiliate programs, things like that. Uh, I've actually just ordered a bunch of content. Uh, I'm, I'm being quite ambitious. I'm going after CBD keywords. So I'm going to have a whole basically content cluster on CBD to see because that pays like I don't know, like $40 per sale. So I'm going to try that out.
0: Oh, wow. That'll be yeah. pretty amazing. So yeah. with with this site, you said there's about 250... Articles. Can you right. tell us about the content plan and sort of the trajectory of you know publishing seventy articles last month? So obviously mm-hmm. you're kind of ramping up at this
1: point. Right. Uh, yeah. So when I started the site, I had uh, over a hundred keywords that I'd identified as article topics, and so I was just kind of going through those initially, and then as I was doing more keyword research, I would find you know more article topics, and I still have hundreds of things in my spreadsheet to get to. So I'm just basically, I'm trying to get through them as fast as I can, because I would like to flip this site as soon as possible. So that's kind of my plan for it.
0: Now, one thing that I, uh, well, I I started a new site about a year ago, and I was sort of leaning into the normal things that I do, which is around these uh, product review type keywords. And I mean, I publish informational content too. After a little while, I saw that the informational content was doing better. So I'm just going to lean into that because I'm flexible and I'm going to adapt and I'm not going to push the (laughs) boulder up the hill. So have there been any spots in this case study so far where you've seen how the site's reacting and now you're, you're sort of changing what your initial plan was or anything like that?
1: I I wouldn't say that I'm doing that specifically. I did do a test where I was trying to use duplicate content. Um, It wasn't 100% duplicate content. So like, let's use the coffee niche as an example, because I was recently using that with someone else. Um, Let's say I was doing a series of posts on how to make X type of coffee drink. So my intro would be unique. The specifics of that particular coffee drink would be unique but my closing would be the same. Maybe there'd be like a couple of sections in the middle where it'd be identical to every other how to make this type of coffee post. Um, and I wasn't really sure if this was gonna work or not, but I have feature snippets for all of those articles. So the one thing I have changed is I'm using more duplicate content across posts now than I've ever done before.
0: Very interesting. Where yeah. did you get that idea?
1: I actually, I lurk in the Fatstacks forum under a pseudonym. And I had seen a guy about a year ago saying he was ranking with duplicate content like that. And I was like, there's no way that can work. And so I was like, well, I'm, you know, this is a test site anyway, so I'll just try it out. And it, it works.
0: Holy shit. That's amazing. Yeah, I have heard, I've heard someone else uh, mention or suggest that to me, like in a private conversation mm-hmm. and they, they saw an example of a site that was doing Mm -hmm. this where it was highly templated a a person can think of it that way where it was a very specific kind of content Mm -hmm. where every every single thing in that cluster could just essentially use the same format sometimes the same closing and Mm -hmm. about what percentage would you say was actually a duplicate in the like intro and conclusion is what it sounded
1: like um I would say 60 to 70% of every post. Um, I actually ended up testing this on a different site in a different niche, and I have featured snippets on it as well. So I think the key is just having that unique intro.
0: Wow. So unique intro, and then you have the Mm -hmm. unique uh, characteristics for that recipe. And then you have sort of the conclusion is kind of the same. Okay.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I'm just changing out keywords. Like I would change out latte for... I don't know, flat white or something. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wow, that's crazy. I'm just trying to think how I can use this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: Have you? Well, have you figured out how to roll that out to some of your other sites?
1: I don't think it can work like across. Like you couldn't do an entire site like that. Um, but I think you can definitely do content clusters like that. So you could have like you know an entire content silo where every article is like that. So I'm trying to do more of that, but the thing is, is you can't really outsource those articles because you don't want to pay someone to say, you know, and say, hey, copy this closing and copy this section. So that kind of is, you know, kind of creating a problem as well. So because I have to write those posts myself. So,
0: OK, well, and actually, let's talk about some of that. So you do outsource quite a bit, but you, you write mm-hmm. a lot yourself. So right, can you yeah. tell us how you treat that in in Well, I was going to say in this specific case study, Mm -hmm. but how do you treat it across your portfolio of sites?
1: Um, I basically outsource the stuff that I'm just not interested in writing, or I think it will take me too long to write myself. So anytime I'm doing like buying guides or product reviews, I don't want to deal with that. So I outsource that 100% of the time. Uh, If something is really technical, I will outsource it, or I have some sites um, in niches where like, I don't know how to say this, so I'll give away my niche, but I would don't want to write the content because it is upsetting to me to write it. So I would rather have someone else kind of take on that burden for me. And then I just post it without even basically looking over it or anything like that.
0: Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I it, it would be like if it was the, the puppy kicking niche, right? right you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, when you found the niche, you said you had like 100 keywords or so mm-hmm. and you have 250 at this point. How mm-hmm. big do you think this site can be? What's your sort of goal?
1: I mean, I think it could be well over 1,000 posts. It's Like I said, it's not super broad, but it's broad enough to support that. And there's a lot of sub-niches within it. Um, I'm trying to keep it relatively broad now so that when I do flip it, there will still be plenty of opportunities for whoever buys it. Um, I would say that by the time I flip it, it'll have probably at least 500 posts on it though.
0: All right. What's the trigger for selling it?
1: Um, for me, whenever I sell, it's really a variety of things. Um, it could be a certain a certain amount of income, a certain amount of time, or if I notice the niche is getting too difficult and I don't feel like I can take it any further. Um, the niche for this specific site, I'm not interested in personally. So I don't really have any plans for it other than affiliate and display ads. So definitely when I max out those opportunities, ideally I'd like to flip it once it hits at least $3,000. But if it's growing like really fast, I'll probably hold on to it longer than that.
0: Okay. And roughly that $3,000 per month Mm -hmm. mark will get you to six figures or more probably, right? Right, Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Very cool. And as far as... I guess social media or sharing, mm-hmm. or is there any activity that you're doing for this site uh, in those areas?
1: Yeah, I actually just started a Pinterest account for it about a month ago. Um, I had something I've been meaning to do for months and I just had been putting it off because I knew it would do well. And then I have people telling me, oh, Pinterest is dead. It's not going to work. And I got a hundred visits from Pinterest to my site the first month. So it definitely is still working and it's working well, obviously already. And I've noticed in my niche, there is a site that has a YouTube channel and they're just like making videos in like Powtoons or something. And they have a lot of subscribers and a lot of views. So I'm going to start doing that as well.
0: Okay. And with the Pinterest stuff, is is that <laughs> something that you have done in the past and you're experienced
1: yeah i have a site right now that gets anywhere from 15 to twenty thousand visits a month just from pinterest
0: okay well, let's explore yeah. some of that is that particular uh niche like really active and great for pinterest um <laughs> no, okay. not at all
1: i just tried it and it worked <laughs> so,
0: so what, okay so what's your what's your strategy just broadly and pretend like I'm an idiot and I don't know anything about Pinterest, which is uh, roughly true.
1: (laughs) Well, I I know I've told you in previous interviews, I'm super lazy in terms of like (laughs) spending a lot of time on anything. So I want the highest ROI with the lowest effort. So for me, whenever I make a new post, I go to Tailwind, which is a paid uh, tool, but you can get a free trial for like 100 pins. Uh, I'll pin it immediately. And I'm in I don't, they used to call them tribes, but that's apparently taboo now. I don't know what they call them, maybe communities. Um, So I go in there and I share my pin there. People repin it and that's it. I don't do anything else. Just that one time.
0: That sounds remarkably simple.
1: Yeah. I I actually have a guy who's a student who started following my process and he's now making $2,500 a month with a site less than a year old using Pinterest traffic
0: mostly Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just yeah. never, I never got into it. I did try it out with, um, a site that should have done pretty well, mm-hmm. I think, but for whatever, maybe it was too competitive, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, I never got traction and then I'm not a user of Pinterest, uh, personally. So I just, <laughs> I just thought, ah, I'll just let it go. That's well, it
1: usually takes a really long time to get traction on there. Like usually three to six months before you start getting traffic. So I'm actually kind of surprised I'm already getting traffic on this site. So
0: very cool. And anything else, uh, social media wise or, uh, other sources of traffic?
1: No, it's mostly Google right now. Um, I do also plan on starting a Facebook page and testing that out with it, but I haven't even done that or built a new, uh, like an email list or anything.
0: Okay. Very good. So could be a lot of articles. You said probably 500 mm-hmm. by the time you sell it. Do you have all mm-hmm. the sort of rest of the keywords scoped out or any kind of clusters in a broad sense?
1: Yeah, I still have probably hundreds in my spreadsheet. And you know how keyword research is, you go look for one thing and then three hours later, you you know have found other things. So I keep adding to that list.
0: Yeah, that, that happened to me the other day. I was just you know, doing some competitor analysis and Mm -hmm. taking a look and then realized that I had a giant spreadsheet with way way more uh, rows than I thought. So when you look at a cluster, Mm -hmm. is there anything specific that you're like trying to find? Is there a minimum number of keywords or can you just talk about that process for your clusters?
1: Well, if I'm testing out like a new kind of topic for a site, what I like to do is just do five posts. Um, If some of those are harder to rank than others, then I'll do a mixture and then I'll give it like a month to see how those rank before I do any more because I don't want to waste my time on a bunch of content that's not going to rank, you know. So I feel like five is a good number just to kind of interlink between each other to really give you that kind of boost to see if you're going to get it in the end or not.
0: So, you enter, internally link those mm-hmm. uh, five articles. You said you wait about a month or so.
1: Is yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And w- what are you looking for um, to tell you that it's a good idea to do more?
1: Um, within that month, I want to see it on page one or two. Like, I was recently testing out a cluster on one of my sites, and within a month, it popped on page six. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. That was not worth my time. So,
0: okay. And then is there sort of a maximum size for the cluster where maybe you have to divide it into a sub clu- cluster? I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs <laughs> no, here.
1: No, no, I'll max it out as long as I can take it. Um, I, I have a site in the outdoors niche, with m- which most people know, and I recently was working on a jet ski topic cluster. And I think I've got like 50 or 60 of those out right now, and I've got well over 100 topics to go. So, Wow.
0: That could be a whole site on its own. Jets. Yeah, huh? yeah, exactly. Those are fun. They're so dangerous, though.
1: Right? Oh, my God. Yes. Like learn so much. They're, they're terrifying.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So the, the clusters will be as big as they need to be. Now, right. how do you handle the internal linking at, at that point? So let's say you have you know, 75 articles. I assume you're not internally linking all 75 to each other.
1: Right, right.
0: So how, how do you do that?
1: So when I'm making my master list of titles, I note in another column, make sure I link X to Y and things like that. And then as I post those, I refer back to the spreadsheet. Oh, I have to make sure I go find this other title and link it. And that's just how I do it.
0: Okay. So fairly manual and you're, you're planning it out initially. So you're really architecting right. the whole thing versus mm-hmm. I use a uh, link whisper, uh, often, mm-hmm. but sometimes you, you don't get the suggestions that you're looking for, or if you're, you're right. building a, I mean, again, you're architecting it. So you're getting all the keywords and then, you know, where you should link as you go. Okay.
1: Right. Yeah. I like to plot it all out from the start.
0: So from that standpoint, is there a maximum number of links that you would hit? Um, and then you, you think, oh, well, I can't link out anymore from this article because I've already linked so many times.
1: No, I mean, I just do whatever I think seems natural and don't even worry about it. I, I don't worry about the anchor text I use to link them or anything. So
0: Okay, well, that was my next question. So you use whatever, <laughs> whatever is most natural um, right, to, to right. link to it. Very good, and when you peel it all away, it does make sense because if someone's a blogger and they're just trying to provide references and the right information mm-hmm. in case someone wants to learn more, that's what you would do. You would do exactly right. what you're talking about, versus mm-hmm. um, you know, crazy SEOs you know, <laughs> right, trying to yeah.
1: surgically, getting that perfect percentage.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm very guilty of this. I've been trying to. Sort of sculpt that anchor text uh, percentage <laughs> a little bit better because I think I was un- I think I was underdoing it before mm-hmm. because I was so paranoid right. and I think sometimes like it does make sense to use the exact match anchor text because that's literally what you're linking to. So, yeah. so that said, would you say it's fairly heavy on keyword rich? Maybe not exact match, but keyword rich
1: oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, okay. and and based on my testing like one internal link is worth three to five outbound like guest post links and stuff like that so it's definitely worth it to do more internal linking because it can save you on having to pay for backlinks and stuff
0: okay and i, I think that's another area where i i didn't have enough like internal linking there, there was plenty but mm-hmm. you know with a site with hundreds of articles you, you might yeah. be able to link uh, dozens of times to a specific article that you're trying to rank which mm-hmm. is pretty powerful Okay. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Otis Global. That's O-D-Y-S. They're the source for age domains with powerful backlinks and strong branding. Today, we're going to take a look at lifehacklane.com. And this was a site that was basically founded on like listicle type articles covering everything about life and the world and well, you know how those life hacks are. So you can basically cover just about anything. Now let's take a look at some of the details on this site. So again, they have listicles, there's all sorts of stuff created in 2014. It's seven years old at this point. Yep, that's right. Seven years in 2021. The domain rating has dropped a little bit. It was a little higher, but currently it's about nine or so. We'll take a look at some of the details at Hrefs and I'll talk about that in a second. And the domain authority, if that's the Moz metric, is 34. So fairly big discrepancy between the domain rating and domain authority, but it does have quite a few links. In fact, about 163 referring domains with 104 of them being do follow. It's pretty brandable. I mean, Lifehack is right there in the domain name. So if you're trying to you know, potentially rank for things with life hack related, then you're probably in good shape. A lot of the keywords are, I'm sorry, a lot of the anchor text is branded with life hack lane. So what can you do with this domain? Well, I would mainly just publish a bunch of informational articles and essentially go for the ad play. So display ads, this is the kind of site where you could probably get a lot of traffic and you can cover life hacks in many different areas. You can check out the Wayback Machine over there at the web archive and get an idea of some of the stuff that was uh, in existence. There's quite a few snapshots ranging back from 2015. It looks like the site probably started right at the end of 2014 or so. So the snapshots that I see are from 2015 moving forward. So you can have a look there and see what's going on, see what you could take a look at. Maybe there's some good ideas that you could sort of recreate and essentially make sure you don't lose that link juice over to the specific post. Now, when I go and look over at hrefs, I do see about 104 referring domains. Again, I see the domain rating has dropped over time, and there was kind of a significant uh, drop here in the last six months, where it went from about 20 to you know 13 or 12, and it's kind of been dropping. So I would say there's a good opportunity to publish things again and maybe start getting some of those links back, potentially, right? You can maybe get those links back or build new ones. When I do take a look over at Moz, again, I see a domain authority of 34 and about 306 linking domains. So there's some history here. It's currently getting you know, virtually no traffic. Uh, The estimated traffic is 56 over at Hrefs, and it is ranking for a couple organic keywords, seven of them, which is pretty good considering it's just a landing page out there. So I wouldn't think just off the top of my head that any sort of affiliate marketing may come into play here, but you may be creative. You may be able to come up with something where you can write some content, where you can get some you know, natural traffic, some organic traffic, so you can promote specific products. Now, one thing I usually don't talk about because I don't do much with Pinterest myself personally, but life hacks could be huge over on Pinterest and YouTube, for that matter. So, if you actually have some skills in either one of those areas or both, right? <laughs> if you have skills in both of those areas, you have a great opportunity to publish, uh, you know, pin pin things that are uh, popular on Pinterest, things that maybe you're interested in. And of course, on YouTube, you can publish videos and get traffic that way. So shout out to Otis Global. Appreciate the sponsorship. If you join using my affiliate link, then you can get a hundred dollar credit to your account and I would get a commission if you ever make a purchase, right? So that's a win-win. So have a look if you're interested in this domain that's available at the time that I'm publishing this and recording it. So thanks a lot to Otis and I'll send it back to the show. Very good. Well, where do you see the site going as far as earnings? Can you predict any of the trajectory that may be coming up in the next, say 12 months or so?
1: Um, I had seen a guy do a case study in the niche. Um, I don't know how close our sites were. But within two years, he was making 6000 a month from mostly display ads. And that's kind of what got me interested in this particular niche. Um, right now it's on Ezoic. Um, I t- tried applying for Mediavine early last week. They told me no. Um, and you know, people say that when you moved up the chain, medium on ad thrive, you gain in your RPM. So I'm going to test that out and hope that that's the case. Um, I saw a guy recently actually on Reddit talking about being, um, on ad He's in the same niche as me, but I don't know how close we are. And I think he was making like $22 for his RPM. So that'd be double, obviously what I'm at right now.
0: Okay. And do you... (laughs) Are are you predicting that you potentially could be making more than the six thousand? Uh, you know that the person inspired you.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, assuming that they weren't going after things like CBD, and I can actually make it rank, then I think that I can see a, a sharp rise in the income. I'm going to try a few things like that that pay out like per action very high.
0: Okay, yeah, and I think that that is it's great you know, once you, you know, figure out the different options that are out there, I mean, you have to go and find those deals. And how did you find that particular opportunity?
1: Uh, I was actually doing competitor research and I saw someone who had a post recommending it. And I was like, oh, I should be thinking more outside the box here. That's really not this niche, but would work. And so I did some research, you know, share, sell and stuff and found some programs I'm going to try.
0: Okay. And do you think it'll convert pretty well or do you have any sense?
1: Um, I think it will. Um, So for the CBD articles, I have an article that ranks really well that's not CBD related, but that is an ailment, we'll say, that you can use CBD for. And so if I can use that to funnel people to my CBD content cluster, my thoughts are that I'll get a few sales a month at least.
0: Okay. That's awesome. And then I guess you, once you realized you should think outside of the box a little mm-hmm. bit, did you find any other opportunities maybe that wouldn't work for your niche specifically, but maybe other people can look in those areas too?
1: Um, I did see some interesting things for different types of insurance stuff, if that's anyone's niche you could work, that paid quite well. And I was like, oh, I should think about finding a site for this, but I don't need any more sites. So yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't look.
0: All right. Well, anything else specifically about this case study that I didn't ask you about that's kind of interesting that maybe we should talk about?
1: I don't think so. The the biggest interesting thing for me is how different the income trajectory is doing a display ad monetized site that's focused on that versus affiliate. And, you know, I've been in this industry for a long time and I didn't even know that, so it was pretty shocking.
0: And especially when you see the traffic growing and you're thinking, oh, Mm -hmm. this is growing faster than (laughs) we would expect. And then it's just not paying nearly as much. Well, and and the thing is now you're identifying other areas where Mm -hmm. maybe now that you have this traction, you'll be able to jump uh, pretty quickly to some other milestones. Very cool. Well, Mm I'm going to zoom out a little bit and, and ask about your portfolio so you said I don't need any more sites so how many sites yeah. do you have uh, going on right now
1: so I have like 32 right now because I just started two new ones this past week <laughs> so yeah I, I have a serious problem so yeah
0: so how big is your team that you're working with
1: Um, Well, I've recruited my wife to do keyword research and to edit articles. And other than that, I just outsourced content here and there. And then it's just me.
0: Okay. Well, I like like a lean team, but this sounds absolutely bananas with the 32. So how, how many are you like actively touching per day? How about that?
1: Um, I like to work on quarterly basis. So I try to focus on no more than five per quarter, unless something just like really takes off and needs to be prioritized. Um, I do have two sites that I intend to sell either at the end of this year or, or the first of next year. So those are being worked on every quarter with content updates and kind of tweaking some old posts and stuff like that. But most of my sites, are, you know, they're in various stages of profitability and stuff like that. Some of them aren't making anything because they're pretty new. So whenever I start these new sites, like I just started, I like hustle to get like, you know, 30 to 50 posts up and then I just kind of leave them and let them marinate for a while.
0: Okay. That sounds a lot more manageable, but still that uh, 32, it just, <laughs> This stresses me out just for you, just thinking about yeah. it.
1: Well, you know, some of them are, are older, so they're kind of running on autopilot. So it's just like making updates to tables and stuff each month.
0: Got it. And you, how often do you sell uh, sites?
1: Um, I usually sell several a year. Um, but what I did before I moved to the Netherlands is I sold two of my bigger sites so that I could do nothing for the whole time I was there. Um, so I haven't sold anything since late 2019. Um, and I probably won't sell anything till later this year.
0: Got it. And from, again, another high level question here, you've been in the industry for a while and you've sold Mm -hmm. several sites. Mm -hmm. What sort of trend do you see us moving in, I guess, for the next 12 or 18 months or so?
1: Uh, I think it's obvious to anybody who gets those Empire Flippers emails every Monday that the multiple just getting crazier and crazier and crazier, which you know is great for people like me who sell sites. Um, I don't know what that ceiling is actually going to be, though, for people who are buying sites. Uh, I recently saw some that were over 50x, which is insane to me because of Google updates and whatnot. Um, so I think it will continue to climb a little bit and then we're going to stabilize back down because those multiples are just crazy.
0: It's pretty alarming to see, Mm -hmm. and just as a reference point, I mean, a lot of times, or for the last several years, if, you know, a 30X multiple is, you know, pretty average, it could be a little Mm -hmm. higher, a little lower, but 30X is is pretty average. And on the high side, it would be maybe the high 30s, would you say, Mm Shauna?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then if you're looking in the 40s, then it's often some kind of a strategic play where maybe an e-commerce site right. is buying uh, an affiliate site and they can obviously funnel the traffic over and, and utilize and make a lot more money than a normal affiliate. So mm-hmm. very crazy. Any other observations aside from the crazy multiples?
1: Um, I think we're going to see more and more people moving towards display ads. Yeah. Um, just because more people are talking about how basically easy that content is to write and rank. Um, so I think people who are in it already or who get in it soon are going to have the advantage because, you know, Mediavine has already increased their requirements and who knows if they're going to do it again. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I, I see that sort of uh, trend as well, because mm-hmm. Amazon changes their commission rate and, yeah. you know, a lot of us talk about it and it has, hit people hard. So Mm -hmm. folks are definitely leaning into more informational content, a lot more keywords too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm in a group where people just sell their sites in a Facebook group. And I've been noticing people saying that they're buying sites, but they don't want anything with with Amazon as the monetization. So there's already people in those groups who are going completely away from Amazon.
0: Yeah. I find that interesting that they would just say, we don't want anything to do. I mean, People still buy a lot of shit on Amazon though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And anybody who's tested other offers on their page knows that they'll click on Amazon more than like Walmart or anything else.
0: Right, and I don't have an issue with Walmart and I still often will buy from Amazon. Just habit, I guess, I don't know. It's easy to order. (laughs) It's a little easier to order. I don't have the Walmart app on my phone or
1: anything. Yeah, I I don't buy from Amazon simply because they closed my account all those years ago and I'm still salty about it, but Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) That's that's legit though. I mean, I I try to buy from other places if I can, uh, Mm. but sometimes it's just convenient and cheaper. But I respect that. I mean, Amazon's trying to take (laughs) over the world. You know, they're probably listening to us recording this. (laughs) Probably (laughs) probably using their servers to store the data too. So (laughs) anyway, okay. Well, any yeah, any other observations? I think people. We'll find it interesting from a a veteran like you.
1: Um, I don't think so. Um, I have been noticing people trying to get by applying for writing jobs using AI written content. So if people are hiring and not really reading their samples, they should start paying attention.
0: Oh, okay. So have you used any of these uh, AI tools out there?
1: Um, I tested one just to see, but I mean, it's basically an article spinner from, you know, 2008 or earlier, so no.
0: (laughs) Okay, that is so funny that you just said that. Someone just described to me their process for using one of those tools, Mm -hmm. and I I thought, well, that sounds like an article spinner. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly
1: what it is, yeah.
0: And it's just using a different, you know, what is it, the GP3? I yeah, something that. like that.
1: Like yeah. I felt like the only difference was I no longer had to put the little words in the brackets for it to change out the keywords I wanted, you know? Yeah. It was basically the same.
0: That's funny. Yeah. I, I checked a couple of those out, but it's unreadable garble. I, I think now it, it's a little bit better. You still have to edit it and all that, but y- your whole point mm-hmm. was perfect if people were, using writers, make sure it's not just spun content. And Mm -hmm. I've actually had a couple students say, Hey, yeah, I ordered it from a writer, but it seemed like it it almost looked like it was spun content. And yeah, Yeah. if they're turning it around too quick, that could be it.
1: (laughs) Yep, Yep. Definitely.
0: Very cool. Well, I know, um, one thing that we talked about before was your HARO link building and the success Mm -hmm. that you had. You also Mm -hmm. have a service. So, um, that's going pretty well. We talked, uh, you know, off the record earlier, so that's going awesome. Do you want to give a plug for it? Kind of talk about what you do with your service and what a person might expect?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a small team. Uh, there's five of us now, uh, well, five hires and me, and basically, um, our main package is three months and we guarantee five links. And if when that three months is up, if we haven't gotten you the five links, then we keep working. Uh, We actually just had our first instance of having to do that this past week, um, just because of some changes with Harrow. But, you know, we're still working. So like I said, we guarantee those five links.
0: And are there any, well, let's say I think my niche is really weird and I don't think you would be able to get get the links. Do you you run into that? Do you turn away clients because you don't think it's viable?
1: Yeah, we've actually started being a lot more selective simply because a lot more of the journalists who use Harrow are requiring a LinkedIn profile to kind of vet that it's a real person. And we have a lot of clients who have Amazon affiliate sites with a persona and no LinkedIn. So that kind of uh, hurts us in being able to help those people. We're also seeing a lot of fitness queries that you have to be a certified personal trainer at a minimum to answer. So we can't take as many fitness clients on as we used to. So those are some of the challenges that we're having. Um, usually people, if they aren't sure, they email us and ask. Like we had someone who has an adult site yesterday to email and ask. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, we can't. Uh, we actually have a CBD client right now who I thought we could get links for. And we've only gotten two in almost the three months. So it's been a real challenge for that niche.
0: Wow. And I guess what what kinds of sites work really well for Haro link building?
1: Um, We're having a lot of success in the beauty niche right now. Um, Finance, some travel people are doing well with us and some we're having a little bit of a struggle with. Uh, We actually do Haro for a lot of actually uh, SEO agencies. Um, Those we're doing the best with uh, right now. And let's see, we, we had some fitness clients that we were doing well with, but it, now it's only the people who are have the personal trainer certification.
0: Okay. And wh- what changes did Haro make?
1: Uh, I don't really think it was so much the people behind Haro, but just the journalists, because I think so like people like me are talking about it everywhere now. So, so many affiliate site owners are using it. You know, it's common to see people say, if you answer every query, don't bother responding. If you're just looking for a link back, don't bother responding. So we've also had a few where the journalist says that they want to do a phone interview. So we've asked the clients and gotten the okay, but they don't actually want to do a phone interview. They're kind of using that as a vetting
0: process. Oh, very so that's interesting. Been pretty interesting. Okay. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, uh, we'll put links so people can check out, uh, the offering specifically Mm -hmm. and I've used it and it worked, uh, fantastic. So I I can personally recommend it. So.
1: Oh, you were actually our longest link now. Um, I noticed the other day we finally got a link that came through for you and we started your thing back in December. So it took over five months.
0: Holy cow. Yeah, that's great. Is, is it in the uh, sheet? Can I just look at that sheet? I can't uh, I
1: don't right. know if it's in there or not. I only noticed it because we had another client that we had at the same time that we still have who got in the same roundup.
0: Okay. And I was like,
1: oh, that was Doug's site. We did that one too.
0: Gotcha. Very interesting. Yeah. And I have so many other links coming. I would not even, I wouldn't even notice. So awesome. Well, <laughs> Shauna, where can people find you?
1: Uh, Just skipblast.com.
0: All right, great. So we'll link all that stuff up. And uh, thanks a lot. Always great to catch up with you.
1: Yep, it was a fun time.
0: Thanks again to Shauna Newman over at Skip Blast. And if you're interested in checking out her HARO link building service, I'm an affiliate. So I really appreciate it if you do sign up. I get a commission, but she does a great job. And as she mentioned in the interview, if your site isn't a good match, she won't you know take you on or anything like that. But if you are curious, you can shoot her an email to ask and see if you and your site might be a good candidate. So HARO is a great way to get those homepage links, branded anchor text. That's something that is easy to neglect even, I mean, we want to get links to the pages and posts that we actually want to rank in our homepage, maybe we don't care about as much, depending on the industry you're that you're in, but that branded anchor text is really good and the links to your homepage is really good. I know in talking to Kyle Claver, I think that's how you say his last name. Claver. Claver. Claver, maybe. Anyway, Kyle, sorry if I said your name wrong, buddy. But the the point is he is generally recommending, you know, something like 30 to 50, 55% uh, homepage links. And it's something that's really easy to not do if you're focusing on just building links to specific pages. So anyway, you can check that out. Or if you want to take it into your own hands, I have a course, Haro Link Building, and uh, I, I do open it up occasionally. So when you check, it may not be open for enrollment, but you can sign up for that email list or uh, the wait list as it were. So anyway, check out some of Shauna's stuff over at Skip Blast if you want to learn more. She has been tracking along and giving monthly updates for the particular case study. So if you wanted to go back to the beginning and see what was going on, you could do that and see how things progressed along the way. Before I sign off, I want to give a quick, random, unrelated, Side tip. I think it is something that I've mentioned before, but you should, if you're interested in buying physical books for you readers out there, go to eBay. eBay is a great place to get used books, especially if they are books that maybe you know that you want them. Maybe you know it's a re it's a rereadable, you know, it's it's a book that you know is gonna be good and you wanna have it, especially if it's been not necessarily out of print, but it's, it was published several years ago. I am getting, you know, back into guitar a little bit more. And actually I sold several of my like guitar books. Um, they're sort of guides. Sometimes they're like scale books or chord books or something like that. But I sold a bunch of stuff when I moved from Georgia out to Montana, we you know, sold our condo, we moved everything into storage and I was trying to minimize and get rid of a lot of stuff. And that was maybe the first time that I really downsized in a a big way. And I realized, Hey, I shouldn't just save stuff because I think I might need it or want it in the future. I should just unload things. And if I need another one in the future, I'll get it. So I actually got rid of a handful of those guitar books, which a couple of them I realized, hey, I would like to have them back again. And they've been, I mean, they were printed like in the early 2000s or something like that or mid 90s, long time ago. So there's plenty of used ones out there in the market. The point being, you can get them much cheaper on the used market. Head over to eBay. There's a book you're thinking, hey, I want to get, you know, Doug's talked about The Power of Habit, that other productivity book from Charles Duhigg or... Maybe you're thinking, I want to get some of those Malcolm Gladwell books. Well, if you go check it out, you can probably get those books for a few dollars, free shipping a lot of times. Sometimes you can find several books from one uh, Goodwill, for example. I think Goodwill sells some things over on eBay, and if you buy like two or three of them, then you get free shipping. The point is, you can save a lot of money and. For me personally, if it's a book that I want to reread and want to have on my shelf, for example, then well you have to have a physical one. <laughs> you gotta have a physical one if you want to have it sitting on your shelf to go reference. So anyway, eBay books, really good. Uh, speaking of reading, the library is great. A lot of people have access to an app called Overdrive or Libby, and then you can get, you know, Kindle books or just digital ebooks and you don't have to pay for them. So I read most of my fiction from uh, Libby. So I have a Kindle and then I'll just transfer it over to the Kindle and I'm able to read um, you know, tons and tons of books and I don't have to buy or check them out or anything like that. Simple little hack. All right, that's it for today. Have a good one. We'll catch you on the next episode.